Hello and welcome to Spiritual Shit, your guide to the down and dirty of modern spirituality. This podcast is a place for people wanting to discover more about spirituality, where we can get weird about ghosts, mediumship, aliens, psychics, religion, new age, awakening, ascension, starseeds, channeling, holistic health, philosophy, and even dating. Some shows will be just me rambling about my mystical experiences and discoveries, while other shows will have guests to open up new perspectives and views. I hope you'll join me on this journey as we discuss and open up what spirituality in today's modern world really looks like. Remember to like and subscribe to never miss an episode and hit me up at thelovelyleah.com or at thelovelyleah on Instagram so we can connect. Become a Patreon supporter to get access to behind the scenes of our guests, freebies, early access to new episodes, discounts on merch, and more. Hey everyone, how are you? How are you doing? How is your week going? I am so excited because today's episode is one of those really fun out there episodes. Uh, So I can't wait for you guys to listen to it, but let's take care of some housekeeping real quick. We had an amazing time on Patreon yesterday. I had my spirit guides workshop and it was so lovely to see so many of you and actually get to interact with you. And it was, it was just fun to like be able to participate in my community in a way where we're able to actually talk to each other. So thank you so much for joining that workshop and joining my Patreon community to help support the show. And I think this is going to be a monthly thing. I really enjoyed doing that and seeing you guys. So um, I've decided that next month on September 5th at one o'clock CST, um, we're going to do another workshop about how to read cards. And I'm going to be giving some live readings So if you have wanted a reading for a while and you'd like to try your luck, um, I can't give everybody a reading. I mean, well, depending on how many people show up, we'll see. Um, But the idea is is to be able to give some live readings so you guys can see how I do it. And then I can teach you what I know about how to utilize the cards as a modality and how to use that tool as a way to channel information and guidance um, to yourself or to other people. So that should be a good time because I love reading cards and I've been reading cards for about four or five years and it's really become an easy way to be able to connect to spirit and find um, deeper guidance in, in ways I haven't been able to in other modalities. So join Patreon in the $10 membership tier uh, in order to access those free workshops. Um, there are still benefits to the other tiers as well with a lot of behind the scenes and I always post an after episode called the shit show (laughs) that we do after each episode. And in fact, for today's episode, a big chunk of the meat of what we were talking about is actually in the after episode where our guest reveals this really crazy experience that he had with aliens. And so we saved that kind of for the Patreon. So if that's something you guys are interested in, I'd love to see you there. And if not, uh, thank you again, even more so for listening to the show and being here. And if you're a new listener, um, also, thank you. I'm glad to, to have you in our community. Another really cool thing is that um, I have set up my podcast studio. So we're going to start doing episodes on YouTube, yay! <laughs> which I'm really excited about. And I'm also kind of nervous about because I don't really love being on camera. I can talk all day to a microphone, but I'm not like all about that camera life. 
So hmm, if you feel led, um, go over to the lovely Leah on YouTube and subscribe. Um, maybe that'll give me more motivation to put more videos up there. A lot more free content that, uh, I'm trying to give out shorter stints of information and videos of hopefully things that are valuable to you. Uh, so go over there and subscribe if you want to support uh, another free aspect or channel uh, that we're doing here. I'm going to try not to spread myself too thin, but anyway, <laughs> let's get into the, today's episode. It is a really fun one, and I hope that uh, you move over to Patreon to hear the rest of the episode because it gets super juicy and um, a little unbelievable. So let's go. Tyrone Brown had his first UFO experience when he was 10 years old, along with a barrage of mystical experiences from a young age. His first contact spurred his interest in the dream world so much that he became a dream interpreter, believing that dreams are a huge untapped resource that we have the opportunity to engage with every night to get guidance and messages from the beyond. Fast forward to his adult life, he spent a few years working as a stuntman alongside a corporate job until a meditative experience shattered his reality that awakened his path to personal growth and healing where he shifted to study Reiki, healing touch, shamanism, yoga, and mindfulness. That started his first dream visitation experience having contact with a being that was not human, however friendly and supportive. Besides a host of dream contacts, he's now had about seven visits by large glowing orbs, which he interprets as spaceships, and three of which who are returning to his same house in Hawaii. In 2018, he received a clear audible message that said, it's time to start sharing your stories. Tyrone's primary mission is to empower people with the tool of dream interpretation and sharing his stories of ET contact to help release the fear that some have around the idea, so that way we can become an interstellar civilization having connections with non-Earth civilizations. Although this topic can be a bit far out there to many, with recent and upcoming official disclosures, it's a topic he believes that soon will be a part of our everyday conversation. Please welcome Tyrone to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Spiritual Shit. I'm your host, Aaliyah Lovely, and today we are talking to Tyrone Brown, who is a dream expert and has had contact with ETs, so I'm super excited to talk about this uh, very, very out there episode for us sometimes. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Good to be here. Good. Your background, where are you at located? I'm in Thailand, so I just rent this little bungalow in Thailand, a little island called Kopengan, Thailand, so mm -hmm. there's no airport here, so it's a small island. Oh, it looks it, 11,000 people in all in all. Total. Holy cow. So how did you decide you wanted to live there? Let's see. I was living in Hawaii, another island on <laughs> Kauai, the smaller of the main islands. Mm -hmm. After five years, it just felt like it was time for some change. I'll, I'll likely go back there. I went to Bali for six months. And then mm -hmm. when I was there, people said, you know, if you like to be around kind of spiritual community, uh, you know, just like-minded people by the ocean, go to Copan Gun. Sounds like um, a good idea. Enough said. I'm so I'm here. So now I've been here for <laughs> originally going to be six months uh -huh. in COVID span, and now I've been here for 19 months. And I'm wow! Wow! Amazing. All right. Well, cool. Well, today uh, I'm really excited to talk because I am someone who uh, recognized my psychic gifts or the things that I had uh, intuitive connections to or whatever through the dream world. So when I was a kid, I had dreams that would come true and I would have some really interesting experiences that I was like, I don't, I don't know what to think about that, whether it was lucid dreaming or astral traveling, I didn't have a name for it at the time. And, but it was through dreams that I was able to recognize that there's something here. Like 
I have some connection to the beyond or to guides or to premonition information or whatever. So uh, before we really dig into that, I really would love to hear your story, how you came and bumped into this, if you will, and became such an expert. Yes, yeah, similar to what you just shared, you know, just a series of events, some of those dreams and uh, a lot of those dreams and, and some of it just uh, kind of waking experiences. Like a lot of us will have, you know, a psychic experience. The most common one is you think of someone and they call. You dream of someone you haven't seen in a while, you see them the next day. Little things like this, which I feel like like wings from the universe, we're getting them all the time. And and for me, and I feel like it's what it is for a lot of us, it's just kind of showing us, like you just said, that there's more. Right. There's more right beyond, whatever you want to call it. There's just there's more than what we are seeing here in this physical reality. How I came to being a dream time coach is uh, was from my early age, I remember having memories of dreams. They always mm-hmm. stood out to something, something, that there was something there. But I, that was really young. They just mm-hmm. caught attention. It wasn't until I was about 14 that I discovered a dream book and realized there's actually something to this. Someone wrote a book about it. And so at that point, I learned, started learning how to interpret my own dreams. And long story short, that just became a big part of my life. We can't explain certain connections to certain things. And that's, for me, that's the dream world. Uh, and just, it just stood out to me so much that I saw that there was profound wisdom we were gaining, or I was gaining in this dream space. And why, why didn't we learn this in school? Why isn't anyone talking about this? Um, there's a, vi- a video of Neil Tyson deGrasse, uh, the mm-hmm. physicist, where he, he says, you know, we're made of star stuff. And I want to go to people in the street and shake them and say, did you know this? <laughs> yeah. so once you realize how profound they are and the messages we're getting, every single night it's just like why aren't we all doing this mm-hmm. so et's come in and i guess we can just naturally just kind of weave the conversation but mm-hmm. for for me the first memory i have of a, a et connection was in 2011 in a dream so that's mm-hmm. when my, my dream started that i remember we started having interactions which all felt more real um, and that's the phrase i hear a lot when someone has a visitation dream whether it's a past loved one or any whatever that may be they usually just feel more real. And so these dreams I started having with non, very obviously not humans, humanoids, you know, mm-hmm. stand up. When I started realizing that these visits felt more real, with these non-human beings, mm-hmm. it caught my attention after I had a number of them. They're like, oh, maybe these are not just dreams. Actually, these don't feel like just dreams because they're, they felt more, more mundane other yeah. than person not being human mundane in the sense it's just like we're just either sitting or standing having a conversation right and yeah so just normal it wasn't anything you know not not anything like melting you're not flying around or you know like yeah, yeah you're just talking to them it could have been anywhere and yeah just very tangible and normal in a sense mm-hmm. uh, so that really got my attention and then in 2012 I got a, a, a waking vision to go to Australia and at that point, I had had a number of these experiences, like I said, uh, like we were talking about how you had these experiences that kind of pointed you that there's something right. more. I had a bunch of these by, by the time 2011 came in, enough that you say my guides said, okay, he's ready for this. And I got a waking, in my waking reality vision that I was to go to Australia. And in that vision, I felt and saw myself as my energy body. Mm-hmm. Uh, I perceived myself as was just a glowing blue human shape, uh, blue light. So I, I ended up going to Australia, but just before I went, I got doubts. Doubts came in because I'm like, here I am 
trusting this vision to go to another country that I had no intention to go to. And, you know, am I really going to do this? I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, maybe I should save up some more money. I think I don't have enough to go. Cause I don't even know what I'm going to be doing there. Right. Uh, and then a dream came in a dream. One of those dreams that felt more real visitation dream. And this being looked, mm, it was a gray kind of the classic gray mm-hmm. human hybrid. If you can kind of make that up in your head, but yeah, <laughs> human in a gray. And it was just a one-liner and it was a, he, uh, in my face just said, it's time to go now. That was the quote. Mm-hmm. So that dream and I bought my ticket and I went, and then that was a whole journey of itself, which uh, we can come back to that another <laughs> time. Um, but, but so that there's where my, my world of dreams and ET contact comes in because my ET contact extraterrestrials like to call them star family um, started in my dreams. Mm-hmm. That's pretty common for a lot of people. It's not yeah. necessarily the way it has to be, but it does happen often that way because in our dream space, it's a less confronting place. Mm-hmm. It's not intimidating to have that experience when we're in our dream state or, you know, in the dream state, astral state versus right. in our state. Uh, so that's where that started. And then eventually, um, fast forward to 2014 is when I f- saw my first up close ship. I had seen one ship. ship. Yeah. You said ship. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's what I did. Yeah. So it was uh, when I was 10 years old. I'm 41 now. When I was 10 mm-hmm. years old, uh, I saw my first one way in the distance. At first, I thought it was a satellite. I was already you know, tuned into this kind of thing in space and satellites at that age 10. Um, NASA, all the things. And so I thought it was a satellite, but then it, it did erratic movements, mm-hmm. you know, things that they commonly do to mm-hmm. show you you're seeing something beyond right. something, expand our minds, expand our consciousness. Uh, but it wasn't until 2014 that I saw a first up close ship where this was an actual visit. Uh, this was at my house in Hawaii with three other friends. And it was just a glowing white orb, not this big. It was, <laughs> I, my best guess was about about 100 to 200 feet up mm-hmm. and about about the size of like an average house just mm-hmm. a glowing ball of light that was silent and a lot of people say like well why didn't you video a lot of people say this to a lot of people that have had yeah. these experiences oh, you take a picture why didn't you video a lot of times when there's these encounters are so close and personal like this you just don't even think about it so out of four of us in this first instance incident experience mm-hmm. four of us there none of us not either one of us had the, even the mind to think, take out a camera and, you know, take out the camera from our phone or on our phone. I mean, I would imagine that what you're seeing is so like gobsmacking that it's like, it doesn't register at first. That's and it. In- those experiences seem to be like, I've had a few of those experiences and they seem to be so quick that it's like, you don't really have time to, so like by the time you do get your phone out or try to do something that's gone, but That's there's it. four, you said there were four of you guys together. First one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I wanted to ex- that, that experience of kind of being captivated by the moment, like a deer, deer in headlights. Yeah. I had the same experience when swimming with humpback whales. Mm. And it was, oh, uh, that would be my dream. <laughs> it, it can happen. Uh, winter, winter in Hawaii is the time to do it, specifically Maui in the winter. I say um, it would be my dream because I am terrified of actually getting in the water with them, but I'm obsessed with whales. But that's neither here nor there. Go ahead. They're gentle. They're gentle creatures. <laughs> and as small as we are to them, they're very aware of where you are and that they don't want to hit you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, 
it's a, but the largest one of these three was a full grown male, 50, 50 foot. It was with the baby and the mom. And once they came in the view, I just froze. Mm-hmm. I had my GoPro. I didn't, I didn't just put it up and hit the button. I missed it. My buddy captured it, mm-hmm. but I just was in this, it was the same type of experience as that's why I shared that yeah. way up close in the water. Yeah. And at that, at that same house, that was one of three visits at the same house, the okay. same ship. So they kept coming back to you. That's right. And then it started happening to my roommates as well, who had never had this experience. Mm. And two of them saw uh, triangular ships that visited. And one of them was three at a time. And for them, they saw just by being sometimes when you're exposed to something. So they were mm-hmm. very exposed to this topic from me. Right. And who had excited about it. And they had their own experience. It wasn't for me to have that experience with them. They right. saw ships that were completely different that I've never mm-hmm. seen before. So likely something that they personally had a connection to versus the ones that I had a connection to is, is what I make of that. Right. So you started off having this connection with them physically or through the dream world. You said through the dream world, right? Well, okay. first. So mm-hmm. when I, I, okay, so here we go. I'm just going to lay on a bunch of stuff. <laughs> when, when I was a kid, um, I had this natural fear of what we interpret as the grace, what they look like. Um, as soon as I saw it, I had this visceral reaction. I broke out in hives when the first time I saw it on TV, um, and just terrified my dad obsessed with them. And he's like, no aliens and this, and he's always looking in the sky here, look. And I'm like, no, I don't want to see anything. Um, so I have had a very visceral, natural fear of aliens since I was a kid. And just, and not really able to explain it. I had, I remember one time when I was eight, I was staying the night at my grandmother's house and um, she had fallen asleep or whatever, but like we were watching some alien something and I was really, really scared. So I went to the back room to, or into the living room, into the back to see if my uncle was awake. Cause I was just like terrified and he wasn't there. So when I turned around and I came back, she was standing in front of me and she was, she wasn't like, I mean, it's a silhouette, it's super dark. And she was like, I'm not your grandmother. And I was like, the fuck like you know like i'm freaked out and and so i'm like that's not funny and, you know i run into the room or whatever i come back in and she walks in and and i'm like that wasn't funny grammy i'm so upset and blah blah, blah. And she was like what are you talking about like she had no idea and i was like either she's really just fucking with me or like i have i'm having some experience with that particular fear fast forward and um i have i've never let myself think about aliens i'm like but I would have dreams that they would show up. They were trying to talk to me or, you know, whatever. And so when I had moved into this, this house, you know, I don't know, I was 21 or something. I'm 36. Now um, there was a time where one of my girlfriends was staying the night with me and we were like laying in bed and I, I looked up and there were two standing over me and I couldn't talk. I couldn't scream. I couldn't move or anything. And most people would say, oh, you're having sleep paralysis or you were having a night terror or something along those lines. And which I assumed that that was the case, but I was like, no, that was a fucking visitation. Like I know what I saw. I jumped out of bed. I felt like I hit one of them. And then when I turned on the lights, they were gone. And so then fast forward even further, here I am in you know this realm or whatever, doing my spiritual awakening about four or five years ago. And I'm like, it doesn't make sense that I'm not afraid of ghosts but I'm terrified of aliens. So where, where can I integrate this and figure out like, what's, what's the deal? So then I lived, uh, I was living in New York at the time 
And, uh, when I started to awaken and started to like ask for my spirit guides to show up and ask them to, you know, come to my dreams, talk to me or whatever. I had two experiences, one where two beings came to me very, very tall in nature and brought me, it was one of my um, stress dreams. I have a lot. I'm in the airport. I'm running around. I'm trying to do something or whatever. I can't get to where I need to go on time. I can't leave something along those lines. And they were like, Oh, you stop. And everything stopped. And they're like, we, we use this dream to get your attention so you can snap into lucid dreaming. And, and so you'll know that we're here ready to talk to you. And I'm like, what do you mean? And, and so they take me to this place. It's like an instant where I look, look around and everything looks like a galaxy, like the most beautiful fucking thing you've ever seen in your life. And I'm standing with them and I'm, it's like purple and pink and like, you know, just, we're just up there. And they're like, this is the space in which we can connect with you and talk to you. We've been trying to get to you since you were a kid, all that. A few weeks later, I'm, I'm trying to get real ballsy, ballsy and be like, all right, I'm ready to see you in real life. And I saw with like what stood in the doorway uh, as like what they call blue avians um, kind of look bird-like. Uh, really, really tall, by the way, people who are listening to this, I know this is freaking you out. <laughs> I have a lot of people that write in and they're like, we're, we're not ready for this episode. Um, we're, we, we, it's time guys. Uh, anyway, so what seemed like uh, something eight feet tall, stepping in the doorway very gently, like, hey, um, I don't want to scare you. And I, and I freaked out. I started screaming, no, I don't want to see you. Disappeared again. So like, a lifetime of kind of having these instances of, of connection versus non-connection um, and then starting to learn how to avel, uh, astral travel, meeting beings there. Um, when I was in Bali, I went to Bali for a few months right before COVID hit. So we might've overlapped somewhere in there and um, had an experience where I, I astral traveled. It was the, be- the, the grade A astral travel where I actually got out of the body, lucidly went outside of my apartment, went and flew over Bali and then went to some place um, that had these really, really, again, tall beings that I never really could see their face. They were more like light beings. Like you had described yourself blue and kind of translucent looking. And, um, they were speaking to me in what sounded like a really ancient language. And it kind of, kind of looked like Greek kind of looked like something along those lines, but not quite. Um, and they were teaching me something and they were like, take this back to your blah, 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 and whatever. Anyway, uh, wake back up in my bed and And, you know, my, this is, I would say the pinnacle point of when my podcast started to take off, I started to have these downloads of things that I needed to tell and talk about in the show or whatever. So all that to say, what do you make of that for people when they're having these experiences, they're having these awakenings, especially for myself, like this was how I was became aware of being able to tap into this particular world. You talk a lot about how people um, have difficulty or this is an untapped source for people as far as their ability to be able to tap into these types of energies. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, being able to utilize their dream space, you know, tap into like our spirit guides and, and all the forms and also just to receive information and guidance. Yeah. It's an untapped resource that, uh, hope everyone starts to pay more attention to after <laughs> listening to this, get a dream journal. Um, really cool to hear your experiences there. And, and the one thing that just stood out to me was, you think it was the blue avian beings, you said. Mm-hmm. The moment you had fear and you're like, oh, I'm not ready for this or something like that, that they disappear. <laughs> yeah. So they generally don't want to evoke fear. Mm-hmm. And anyone that's listening that might have fear around this topic, it's, it's like 
I've heard other experiences from people that I know personally that have had the same thing happen. Mm-hmm. The moment they expressed some fear, whether it was verbally or just they just felt it even, mm-hmm. once they're gone, disappeared, gone. Mm-hmm. And and generally we're not going to have these experiences and unless we in or we're more likely to have them if we invite them right but there have been stories of like the grays and you know, they've got a they've got a bad rap unfortunately but mm. as far as the abductions and things like that um what i've heard and i can't verify this myself but what i've heard from a, a channel i like to listen to the grays known for the abductions di- or disconnected from their emotions disconnected mm-hmm. from fear to even know that we're even expressing fear and that they just needed something practical. We need human DNA to help us with this project. <laughs> and we just need it. So like you want an apple, you go to the apple tree and you grab it. Mm-hmm. What's wrong? Is the apple tree mad? You know, just no connection <laughs> no to empathy. our emotion. No empathy. There it is that these people you're extracting this DNA from are terrified. So, but I just like to say, like, you don't have to fear this. If you have any fear on this topic, just say, yo, spirit guides, you got me right. Like, just, you know, keep me safe and, and you're, you, you are safe, but if it feels good to say that, it's always nice to just speak out something like that to your spirit team and just know that they are there for you. And also, if you want these experiences, say, you know what, I just want to have this experience. I'd like to meet my star family or whatever you want to call them in my dream space. What is the mm-hmm. difference between, cause like you're asking, we're asking to, we want to meet the, my star team, star family, uh, the differentiation between aliens as guides. Can you have aliens as guides? Yeah, so spirit guides can really can be in all kinds of forms. Angelic, you know, animal, no form, just mm-hmm. energy. ETs, extraterrestrials, you know, I like to call it against our family. Um, so they can come in all kinds of forms. So uh, for me, what I found as having these started out having these dreams with the visits, visitation dreams, as I mentioned, then I, similar to what you said, like, oh, I want to see you. I said, okay, I want to see you with my, in my physical eyes, like no drugs, no alcohol, clear mind, awake. Mm-hmm. And now that's happened eight times, but I only shared the first one. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't right when I said it. I don't know how much time passed, but it wasn't right when I said that. It was yeah. when I had let go and also when I had released fear. Because as excited about this topic as I was and knew that it was real based on just researching all the documentaries on ancient civilizations and their connections to these visitors, which right. they even had specific star systems they came from. Then you look at all the whistleblowers that have come out from the U.S. government and other governments around the world who have confirmed and said, yes, they're real. So just looking at all that, it's like, okay, I know there's something to it. And then mm-hmm. having the like, oh, okay, now it's, is this, is this coming to me for some reason? And then mm-hmm. seeing it in person really helped me to ground how real it is, how real they are, these other civilizations that are spiritually advanced mm-hmm. enough and speak to us telepathically, that they can actually work as spirit guides in the sense of giving us gentle nudges, you know, to encourage us and to move us and to empower us. It's never going to be a message from any type of spirit guide that's going to put the power in their hands ever. It's, it's always pointing you to yourself, to your power. So when I said, I want to see you, it came from this place. Like, I really wanted to see them. There was some fear. Once the fear was released, it's like, okay, that's now out of the way. But now you've got this dependency, this need. Mm. You've got to let go of this need to see us, this need to have this physical validation. That's when I felt they started to arrive mm-hmm. when I saw the insistency that I need to see them. Yeah. Yeah. They want to build a dependency. They're not our saviors, but they can give us gentle nudges to help us guide us along our path. When we think of all the forms, we think of angels, spirits, uh, you know, animal spirits, fairies, the whole deal. Right. Okay. 
it's a different kind of frequency that they all come in, I guess, is, is the, the deal. If you're an extraterrestrial, then in some, f- you're in a similar frequency as us, correct? Because they are, well, as I understand it, maybe I have this wrong. They are physical beings that are more advanced and or in the future. Is that correct? It does get a little more complicated because they yeah. actually, there are different species of, of extraterrestrial beings right. that exist within our plane. With, mm-hmm. our, with our reality, more physical, and, and uh, varying dimensions. Right. So some may be closer to our physical dimension, may appear more physical, and others are not non-physical, mm-hmm. you know, but they can manifest themselves to be seen here at will. With the ships that I've seen, I saw just a glowing orb. I don't know if they, I have no idea what dimension they're from, if they're from this, mm-hmm. because they, but they could have been from any other dimension. I do have a burning question because like what you said from the different dimensions and how they're, they're showing up is there is this, what I've heard is, is that there are, there is a dimension of people or uh, spirits or sorry, extraterrestrials, goodness, that live among us and they live on earth as if it is their own plane, but they have a different, they live in a different frequency. Um, I hear a lot about, uh, you said you were in Kauai and Kauai is supposedly uh, a remnant leftover from Mu, Lumeria. And the Lumerians are of a different frequency of an ancient civilization that still lives here on earth. And so I've heard that if you go to Mount Shasta, like they're all still within the earth or the inner earth or something along those lines. And so people would consider them ETs of mm-hmm. sorts. Um, do, do you have any stories about them? Do you have anything to say about that? Yeah. Well, again, going back to ancient culture. So I love to t- connect things to uh, something that's more tangible because a lot of times right. it's t- so far out there. But again, if you research ancient history, yes, separated by thousands of miles and even thousands of years, say specifically star systems where various visitors came from, mm-hmm. and math and science and medicine and all around the world. But also, not just visitors that came from specific star systems, they also speak of visitors on the inner earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's in the, I'm not sure which culture calls it this, but Agartha. Mm-hmm. Agartha, if you do your best to spell that on Google, it'll, it'll figure it out. But <laughs> look up documentaries on Agartha, inner earth mm-hmm. documentary. And ancient cultures also had certain, there are certain entrances around earth. Yeah. That some cultures, yep. Even protected to keep mm-hmm. people from, um, to the, the, till this day, some of these indigenous and tribal cultures still speak of the people of the inner earth. Now, this is what I really, really, really wanted to touch on is that just in, was it just June? 25th July mm-hmm. yeah June 5th US government yep. released a document now they didn't mention extraterrestrials in the document but extraterrestrial visitors fall under fell under the other category when mm-hmm. they're referring to UFOs or what they call UAPs unidentified aerial phenomena same thing UFO unidentified flying object they said of 140 something cases that they had this official document that they gave to the um Congress, mm-hmm. that only one of about 140 could they actually explain. Okay. Yeah. Other, they said, are either some other country who developed this, which would mean that they would have had to have this technology a minimum of 70, 70 years. Years ago since Roswell. Mm-hmm. They've been reported even before that, but officially documented right. 70 years, which means Russia, China, or whoever had this already 70 years ago or it's some secret government, U.S. government thing, which they mm-hmm. said that it's not. Um, right. Or 
there's the, the other category, aside from some natural phenomena, there's also the other category, which that's where the extraterrestrials would fall under. Um, so they still didn't want to say there's a pink elephant in the room when there's a pink elephant in the room. <laughs> they just don't want to say it. But again, mm -hmm. a lot of whistleblowers, people that are ex-military, ex-government have put it all, all out there. Right. Um, why is this happening? Why is there increased sightings? Why is this now coming into the public so much? Is because we're moving into become an intergalactic civilization. Mm -hmm. So for anyone listening where these topics, which, you know, where Ali is talking about blue avians and I'm talking about you know, visitors from different star systems and different dimensions, like it may seem far out there, but it's, it's a known thing that's been documented for a long time. Mm -hmm. Ancient history and modern governments around the whole world now that Congress just got briefed on the visitor or, or on, on these unknown crafts that are in the sky. And they say that, you know, they can appear and disappear instantly. Mm -hmm. They can be in one part of the sky. And then they, one, one incident in one incident, they described was what Navy pilot said that they went from being right next to them to 60 miles away mm -hmm. within a, or from hovering above the ocean to 80,000 feet in a second, and then okay. drop back in a second and then also entering the water and these are all over the world so but the reason this is happening why are they showing off it's not because they're a threat like unfortunately is the narrative that's being pushed they're not a threat we are the threat hmm. we the military is a threat well i don't want to go too deep in this rabbit hole but you know the militaries around the world are you know we see it in the news they're talking about nuclear bombs and nuclear war and yeah threat, threats real you know that's why are they here to protect our earth there you got it yes okay why are they showing up at all of these military sites around the world specifically at nuclear sites not yeah. just in america around the world is to show that there's a civilization that's more advanced and to just basically like a big brother just kind of looking over you big brother or sister just like hey check hey. this shit out <laughs> yeah i'm watching you i see you yeah. <laughs> So what about, they talk a lot of, about the government having access or working together with these intergalactic uh, civilizations and they've all kept it a secret, you know, in your experiences or what you, your research that you found, you know, cause what I've heard, well, let's just break this down. Okay, guys, we, me and him have done extensive research in, in lots of these planes of things. So I want to break it down in the, the most simplest form that I can. The greys, if you will, are commonly what we've seen on our movies. Um, not alien, but like for most part, aliens, the ones with the big kind of oval shaped heads that have the really large eyes. So these in particular, I've read the book of Ra, um, The Law of One, and they talk a lot about the greys as well. And that there's a, two of them, two groups of the, the greys, essentially from different from Orion's belt or I don't know, I can't remember. Um, either either way, like you said, there's a slice of them that went off and that they don't have any empathy or whatever that are service to self and then others that are service to others. So um, these particular alien races, just like you have different races of people, they have different races of aliens and different dimensions of aliens and different frequencies of aliens. Um, so all of their essentially reactions or purposes or whatever, are also self-guided like we are like we have these kind of things that we're trying to accomplish in our awakening or what we would like to help other people with and so on anyway all that to say what i've heard is is that there is a particular group of aliens that works with our government to control and still energy and we're slaves basically and people are like you know 
what we would consider people who wear the 10 hats. Um, <laughs> and then there's this other side that people are like, no, they're here as benevolent beings and they're here to help us progress and essentially evolve. And even in, I, I've read more of the law of one books, but Ra talks about how like he's a sixth density being and sixth density is where a lot of even extraterrestrials could reside in a frequency band. And so they come here to help us. They channel through us to help us and help us progress. And in my mind, I'm thinking, why earth? Are there other places that there, people are going? What is it so special about us that, that we would get their attention, that they're trying to show off, that they're trying to pro obviously protect our planet? That makes sense to me. But all these other experiences that we're having for them to guide us, why? Well, what I hear is, I mean, going back thousands and thousands of years, there have been visitors, but in more modern history, going back to Roswell, 1947. And, and just before that, there were some sightings that were documented, but not, not like the Roswell incident where there was a crash. Right. Um, but that we started playing, the US started playing with nuclear bombs. Mm -hmm. And what the insiders say, like leaked you know, government ex-military is that these visitors started showing up when we started playing with nuclear bombs. Mm -hmm. And what I've heard and again, this is from the research and other people's stories, is that nuclear bombs, the way they work, have the ability to not only affect physical matter, but to have a negative effect on other dimensions. Huh. They disrupt more than just physical matter. Mm -hmm. it works at the quantum level, somehow with the explosions. Wow. Uh, I don't know how they work, but that's, but when you look at it and you look at the documented cases and and again, around the world where they say they came to our nuclear sites. That's where it started at mm -hmm. going to sites, even shutting down the power when they've mm -hmm. been doing tests to show that they have control. And, and now even to this day, they're saying how uh, Luis Elizondo, he's, he's the one that's been in the news mm -hmm. the last few months. Um, he's the one that leaked video. He used to work for the Pentagon, for the Department of Defense, specifically the department that studied UFOs. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he just talks about how they were around the nuclear sites, like how they come to the nuclear sites. That's, that's just one of their main things. Now he, I think still pushes the narrative of it might be a potential threat, which is understandable because they, right. they don't have enough context with it. But again, like there are friendly visitors here that are looking after us, which is why they're at these nuclear sites specifically. Let's connect this to dreams. Right. Because a lot of people are not about that life and trying to attract and see aliens in their real waking life. Um, you know, if they're coming to us to contact us through our dream world for, for most people, what would that look like? What would a visitation look like? And what is it that we should gain from those experiences? I'd say the first thing is to set an intention. So if, if you do feel drawn to this subject, this topic is to, send an inward intention, just same as you would with any spirit guide, you know, spirit guide, star family, whatever language you like to use. Like I would love to have a visit in my dream time and to remember the experience when I wake up, because again, you might be having these experiences already. And for whatever reason, consciously choosing a part of you consciously choosing not to remember these experiences to help you mm -hmm. to be more present and grounded here on earth where mm -hmm. you are right now mm -hmm. versus oh, I just want to be over here with my spirit guides, angels riding unicorns, you know, mm -hmm. so <laughs> an intention and giving an invitation. And then from there, just, just being open, just keep setting that intention and just, just have a softness around it, knowing that you'll have that experience when you need it, when the time is right for you, but it will happen. It happens, it happens all the time. You know, people, I've, uh, people I've worked with on dreams specifically, 
who have never had these experiences will then say, you know, just after a conversation, you know, I, had, I was visited by this being or I, I went to this place and I, I learned this. And, and so really, once you turn your attention to something, it starts to show up more. Yeah. Yeah. When I was really super into all this, um, I st- when I was, I'm still very much, uh, when I first started, um, I had this dream. Uh, it was a couple, maybe three years ago or so. I had this dream uh, very specifically. Now I listened to a podcast where you talk to a girl or two girls um, where they had had, she, one of them had had an experience about this place called in the airport. It looks kind of like an airport this official building or whatever. And you said, you also saw it. I know when she said it, I got chills. Cause I was like, I know this place too. Um, it looks kind of like an airport, like very clean lines, very minimal. I interpreted it as a office space of some sort. So I saw it more like an office. It looked, it kind of looked like this like really official building of some sort or whatever with very little things around. So I walk into this building this in the dream, I walk into this building and I encounter with this very tall man who looks humanoid ish or mostly human, just look freakishly tall. And I'm like, Hey, I'm, I'm back. And he's like, okay, cool. Uh, your new office or new space to work basically will be over here. And he's pointing me in this direction. And, um, he said, you can have whatever is left in so-and-so's office or whatever when she left. And so I go in there and inside of this office, there's insane amount of these crystals, right? You can see behind me, I like crystals and I'm, I'm, I'm looking and I'm like, there's these, all these amazing crystals. I need to collect them or put them somewhere or whatever. And I was like, do you have a box? And he's like, yeah, there's a box in there. So the box that he, you know, these crystals are huge. And the box that he's referring to is like about this big, you know, like two by four size or whatever. And I'm thinking this is nothing going to fit in this box. And I open the box and the box expands kind of, um, and then starts to look Uh, or direct some light towards a particular place in the room and turn into this portal. So this portal essentially opens up and in the portal is essentially this, this place for uh, me. And then this person who I was with named Jordan, um, who was supposedly my life partner or something along those lines. Anyway, we find this portal, the portal, and it goes to earth. And so we can go through this portal and go to earth and go get ice cream and go hang out and do this, all these things, but nobody can see us. And so we do this and, and every time we go back, um, you know, we decide whether or not we would like to incarnate or if we just want to come and visit. And so mind you, this is way before I knew much about like dream work, incarnations or anything like that. And so I, um, <laughs> I tell him at some point it, the portal starts to get busy because other people find out, oh, this is an, a quick, easy way to get to earth. And so my partner was like, all right, well, I'm going to go back. I'm going to incarnate real quick. Um, and, and I'll, you know, like we should go again. And I was like, I don't know. It's just like, you know, it it was like the TSA for me. It's like, oh, it's busy now. And like, everybody knows about this portal and like, I'm just going to hang back. I'll see you when you get back. So he, he's gone for what feels in the dream for like four months or so. And when he comes back, he looks different. And I'm like, you're not Jordan. You're not so-and-so, you know, like you're not this person. And he's like, I, I am this person. I have to go ask the high guide. Like, is this the person? I'm like, oh, it's the person, but he appreciated this form better. So he's adapted for to this form or whatever. Anyway, when I woke up, it was, it was as if it had happened. Like I'm talking to you right now. It was so real. And it was, there was no, in, in my mind, I was going, this is how it works. This is how it works. Like when we pass away or when we, you know, wherever we go in the other dimension, there's these portals that we can go through. Um, 
I'm convinced that this works. And so, and, and not to make this go too long, but then I remembered about this dream that I had when my grandmother had just passed away. And when I had met her in that dream, and I know, I know that was a visitation because she gave me information. She even told me that I was going to have a girl. Mind you, this dream was like seven or eight years ago and I had a baby girl a few months ago. And so like in this dream, she's, she's very small. Her head is really large, but she, her body is really small. And she's telling me she has three things to, to tell me, to tell my mom this and give my cousin this information, whatever, all absolutely correct. Things I did not know, did not have any, like my mom had stayed after um, the more, whatever the, the, what is the funeral home place? When the, whoever does the makeup mortuary, yeah. or I don't know the name, word. Um, it goes through and she didn't, my mom didn't, my mom knew that my grandmother wouldn't like the way they did her makeup. So my mom stayed after and did her makeup. Mm-hmm. And then there was some other circumstances or whatever. Anyway, so my grandma told me these things and then said, I really appreciate it. Let her know that blah, blah, blah. So all that to say, um, we had this really crazy interaction and then she was like, okay, my time is up and the doors in her house open and all these people come in. It's almost like a subway. Like uh, the doors open from the train and people start filtering in and these very two large towel, tall beans. It's always two um, come and pick her up to take her to wherever this portal goes as all these other people are filtering in and starting to go down or whatever. And at the time I was a Christian and I was, well, I was breaking away from my Christian religion and I was still trying to figure out like what I believed and I really didn't want to go to hell. So I was really still, you know, trying to figure it out. And she grabs me and she's like, it's not how your parents said it is like, you're on the right path. I'll make sure to be your guide. I'll make sure to, you know, like blah, blah, blah. Um, just keep doing what you're doing. You're in the right place. Don't be afraid. So I wake up, um, you know, I have this crazy, like I have to write everything down or whatever. And I was like, I know that that was her. So having those connections about these portals, about being able to cross through dimensions or whatever was brought to me through my dreams first before I learned about it. And then I started to learn about astral travel. I had a crazy astral travel experience that um, I would say was my Kundalini awakening. You mentioned that on one of your podcasts. Um, I felt it up the spine, the whole thing. It happened in maybe like 15 minutes where I got stuck. And I was super scared because I could hear that large sound that you hear when you leave your body have you you've astral traveled before yeah yeah definitely okay so you know that sound that i'm talking about it's it's really loud um and i started playing with those things and then started to get again really scared about leaving my body after i had experience in bali where um a spirit pulled me out of the air and dropped me to the ground um so i was like okay i'm not gonna mess with this anymore (laughs) because it scared me anyway all of these things to say um, through the dream world, it seems that in this state of consciousness where we're in between, uh, we're able to be um, have easier contact with these guys, with these people or whatever. Um, if someone is trying to, like you said, you, they make that intention known, but how do you decipher between when you're having a stress dream, when you're having a visitation, when you're having guidance being given to you that you must tell someone, a lot of times we have dreams that a loved one dies. And then we're like, well, shit, I don't know if that's a real, like a premonition, a dream. Like how do people decipher the difference between? Yeah. It's uh, yeah. A lot of times with those types of dreams, like someone, someone, you know, dies or, or some, you know, it's a big tornado or something seems like a catastrophic event. Or a lot of times, a lot of us will think that, oh, it's a premonition or a psychic dream. Um, but 
I like to lean towards looking at it as a reflection of yourself because usually it is. Usually mm -hmm. it's not a psychic dream. Usually it is some sort of inner anxiety, fear, worry that's, that's coming to the surface. Or when someone's dying, it might be a, an aspect of them, of them. Let's say a parent is dying in your dream. Maybe there's uh, an aspect or quality you got from your parent that's not serving you. You're aware of it. You know, I got this little thing, mm -hmm. this little little anger I got it came from my family or whatever it came from or whatever it is you, you look at that family member what do they represent to me what might be dying mm -hmm. with me? or what might be good for me to let die oh yeah that ang that anger I, I got of my my family okay it's good to let that die so just looking to see what aspects of yourself are dying or that might be ready for you to let go of mm -hmm. when it comes to those types of dreams uh, and a lot of times like natural disasters, you, again, they're usually not going to happen. It's usually like, like a big tsunami, a big tornado. It's like a big change, a big wave of change, or mm -hmm. just, just some heavy anxiety that's happening usually around something that's present at that time. I wanted to share on, you had shared about the, the shared dream. You, you had listened to a previous interview. Yeah. Where yeah. Had, mm -hmm. had the same where they had shared, I'm not sure which, who shared first, but there was a, a terminal of sorts I went to in my dream and it was a visitation and and you said you had a similar thing where you yeah like yeah office but it felt similar and and then you also shared something after that and that was the portal yes you open up with sharing a shared dream experience and shared dreams is actually something that is actually documented and been researched where mm -hmm. people don't even know each other have had shared dreams and been to the same places right. and so here we are this happened and now just when you share that vortex dream I've also had a vortex dream, except in mine, I was, I was on a ship. I was on mm -hmm. a spaceship mm -hmm. and black metallic. And it had, uh, what looked like some form of ancient Greek or ancient, mm -hmm. and on the outside mm -hmm. of it, I can touch it, but now I'm inside and inside in the middle, there's a portal. And actually for one, I'm so impressed by this spaceship. I'm like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, this is, this is ancient. Basically it's like an old model. Like, they're this like, is this, old shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. like this ship is ancient. <laughs> And in the middle of it was this portal and they're like, you can, you can jump into the portal or, or you need to jump into the portal to help earth, mm -hmm. to assist earth mm -hmm. so in the dream. Then I, I, I leaped into the portal. It didn't go into, you know, reincarnation and stuff, but that's just what it was. It was, yeah. we are in somewhere else and mm -hmm. now going to the portal to enter earth. So it was really cool to hear you share that and, and to have that shared experience. It can be really validating when you have someone else have a shared experience and it happens a lot. Right. So you're hearing it live guys. Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, that it's really interesting, uh, to see the commonalities there because the idea of the portal, uh, a lot of people talk and speak on, you know, I'm a star seed and I'm, you know, from this planet and I'm, you know, this and that. And to some degree I got into it and then I was like, whatever, like we're all human now. So it doesn't really matter that much, but I know that like, as um, you know, I'm part native American, uh, they always talk about the Pleiadians that they come from the Pleiades and that they come from this particular star group. And then I have some very close connection that I'm told. And also when, you know, you take those tests, which star system are you from <laughs> um, to Sirius? And that being something so, so, you know, some medium once told me you're this hybrid between um, the Cyrus, Palladian and sentience, the whale uh, group, the people that say whales are aliens. 
but yeah, so there's this like this idea of like star seeds or whatever. And it's, if that's the case, we've jumped into this portal. We've said, okay, we're going to forget all of our, our bearings about who we are or whatever, and then come and incarnate here to help earth in some kind of way progress. Um, what's your, what's your take on that? Well, for one, like most people that are drawn to spiritual shit <laughs> <laughs> are, are like have a, a lot of times are what we would call label the star seeds. You know, hmm. have, have here to to assist earth whether we're aware of what we're doing at this time or not it's all right it'll come to you native american i have a family connection too to native american it's mm-hmm. it's in my as well and so just i was thinking native american and pleiades when the moment you said it <laughs> how they said yes they came from the pleiades and they were star seeds mm-hmm. star system and then let's see then we're going to wales is that what we're talking yeah. about now yeah okay. so, yeah so whales and dolphins you know, I don't have my own direct experience, but I have a, a one degree of separation from someone who does. Mm-hmm. Uh, whales and dolphins, yeah, are known to be like multidimensional, mm-hmm. highly advanced. of the Akashic records. Yeah, I've heard this. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. And their language just, you know, going to dolphins, which are similar, but their language in both of them, dolphins and whales, are so complex that, that scientists are studying the language to see if we can actually understand it. But mm-hmm. like, for example... Every year, the humpback whales specifically travel around the world and they sing a song. We call it a song, but it's basically like they say this, they share this story and they, they travel to one point on the planet, turn upside down to let the tr- sound travel, share the story, wait for the other pod that's in another part that's separate from them, but another pod to repeat it back the same to confirm they got the message. Then that pod continues to carry that. They continue to carry around the message around the world every year. Wow show the intelligence of these beings. So every yeah. year they have a year recap is what it seems like. Mm-hmm. And they've followed them and documented this. Again, as far as dolphins go, again, I said one degree of separation from someone who has had direct experience. My friend, she wrote a book called Stella Morris Speaks. Mm-hmm. And she was in Hawaii on a snorkeling trip and had a baby dolphin swim up to her and telepathically speak to her, introducing its name and, and then the rest of the pod or some more of the pod came other dolphins. This is not a dream. This is her and a, just a snorkel trip. And so now this collection of this group of dolphins are speaking to her telepathically. She hadn't had this experience before, mm-hmm. you know, and they say, when you get back, something like when we get back, when you get back, we're going to, we'll be in touch. Anyways, one day she's back at home and just one night she hears a voice and she says, she says she was doubting what she was hearing. It was like, they were saying the names that she, that she had met before. Like, hey, we're the Dolphins. We're Stella Mars. That's what they call themselves, their group. Stella, Stella Mars. Mars? Yeah, M-A-R-I-S. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, and so she finally just relaxed into it and received. But first she was doubting it. Why am I hearing this really? Like, and so they came through basically and co-wrote this book with her to share their message. So just to give that, that's the only one degree of separation that yeah. I, I was so it, this does happen. They are intelligent. And really, I, I just want to just go back to this. I don't know if I articulated it well, just to recap, why is this happening? Why are we even talking about this right now? Yeah. Earth is in peril, as we can see, you know, environmentally, war between nations. There's just a lot of shit going on. And we could either just completely destroy ourselves or turn the ship around. Mm-hmm. And now we have these loving, supportive beings that are not from Earth, highly intelligent, that do follow some rules as far as not just landing out of the blue and saying, okay, let, okay, you need to stop your government. This is how you need to do things. They don't just come here and spoon feed us. Mm-hmm. We need to learn on our own as a civilization. 
but through people like us that are open, anyone that's open and that wants to be open can start to receive this information and, and guidance from these beings, which we can then help the world just through what we receive, the knowledge and wisdom we receive. And so the reason these sightings have been increasing and now it's in the news more and more, and they're gonna to continue to increase is for eventual open contact. That's mm-hmm. what we're getting towards. So a lot of us have fear around this. So the sightings are increasing to get it into our minds, consciousness, to make it eventually become normal. So mm-hmm. now that the government talked about it, acknowledged it, it was in the, it was covered in the news every day for a solid two months from like April 15th. Yeah, I remember. Beyond, yeah. And so what that's doing, it's it's getting us acclimated, climatized. Mm-hmm. To the, this is just becoming a part of our life. Right. So more and more of these sightings are going to happen just to where it eventually becomes this normal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw one today. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, I see them all the time. Eventually, this will be the topic. People will just see them all the time. Eventually, there'll be open contact where they do land. They introduce themselves. It'll be broadcast all across the news. You know, it's going to be a thing where now we are in touch with a civilization that's not from Earth. Now we've just expanded you know, beyond Earth. And, and that what I hear now is that the first civilization to make open on the ground contact is going to look like us they won't be mm. from here but look like us because again it's a big stretch to have someone come here that looks like right. real, looks like a uh amphibious from serious amphibious beings from serious mm. um so they're going to look like us and that 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 is just our process mm-hmm. of expanding humanity beyond earth is it possible they're already here interacting with us we just don't know it they, yeah, they are. I mean, that's why I see them. You've, you've had your experiences. Mm. So many people have their experiences and why it's in the news. So they already are. So to differentiate, open contact means where it's publicly an open no, thing. Yeah. Shaking hands with all the presidents of the world, you know. <laughs> Intergalactic meeting. Um, so how if, okay, so if we are interacting, can be interacting with them now, how is there, is there any way to be able to tell? Because I know that I've met people that I'm like, oh, you don't feel like you're from here and oh, yeah. had interactions. Even like my daughter has a very specific energy that, um, you know, like we, I, I feel past life with her. And I always see these little um, blue and purple orbs around her. So I don't know if she just has like a wild spirit team or like they're, she's teaching me something or, you know, what's happening. But anyway, is there any way that people can tell, like if they're having these interactions with particular beings, enlightened, intelligent beings um, that are walking among us? Yeah, physically, I, I don't know of a way to really tell and, and I just use uh, discernment because you don't want to put anyone on a pedestal of, you know, right. especially spiritual teachers and gurus or, you know, because yeah. Yeah, we know away. how that goes. <laughs> so better to not put people on pedestals, but but like you said, like you see in your daughter and Cairo. That, yeah, her name is Cairo Veda. We call her Veda. So, full name. Thanks. Yes. Yeah, so, so, like, like we do see in, in kids and certain people we meet, they just have some extra little sparkle in their eye, and a lot of times that's that's because they are in in touch with something else, whether they're conscious of it or not. Mm. Um, that's the thing I got. You can usually see a sparkle in someone's eye. In someone's eye, it's just there's something about them. Maybe yeah. you see the, aura, you know. Yeah. I, there's um, a video I, I took of her where um, I had had the flashlight on or whatever during the video. And so I came in cause she had rolled over. She's, she's rolling over at like, you know, three weeks or something crazy. Um, she said, hello, like out loud. Now she's been saying it more regularly, but she's, she's not even three months yet. So there's these things about that, that, that are weird. But anyway, I go into her nursery and 
you know, even before she was conceived, like I had me and David had this really weird experience. Um, people who've listened to the show, I'll tell you later. It's just a long story, but they, they know the deal um, about how we came upon with her name and like this, this reincarnation having already interacted with her at some point. Anyway, come inside and flash the the video light or whatever to show that she had rolled, rolled over and her eyes inside of her eyes are like this purple color. And you know how like you have the red reflex from, you know, like red eye or so on. Um, it's the camera catching the back of your eye. And so as she's looking around, her eyes look like marbles and it's pink and purple and, and you know, like a little bit of white. And someone had saw the video and they were like, you better get that checked out. She might have retinoblastoma, something, you know, whatever. And I immediately then freaked out and, you know, messaged my optometrist. And he's like, no, it's fine. That's not what that is. Um, he said, she just probably has really big eyes. And I'm like, as I do. So that makes sense. But it was, it was purple and I have not, I've tried to find a video and I cannot find another video where it looks like that. And so in my mind, I, I think of course my kid is special, but everybody thinks their kid is special. But in, in the orbs that I see around her often, uh, my intuition said, um, when I try to contact my guides and say, what is this about? Like I'm seeing all these flashes of orbs when I look at her specifically and they're saying, we're trying to get you used to seeing things again. And so, cause I, like, I used to see uh, presence spirits, possibly aliens. I'm not sure what form they were uh, when I was a kid until I was 10 years old. And when I had this experience, it really scared me and I shut it down. So they were telling me, we're trying to get you used to seeing again. So you're not afraid when this does show up or when this happens. So the orbs have been getting bigger and bigger, like large, you know, and they're always kind of a purple blue color. Every once in a while, they're maybe like a big white flash. So trying to adjust to the idea of like, okay, I'm going to at some point very, very visibly be able to interact with whatever spirit and or extraterrestrial or whatever form these beings are coming in. And that's the color I normally see orbs, not, not the spaceship orbs, but when I see a little flash of orb in mm-hmm. my space, oh, it's usually like a deep blue, purple indigo. Yeah. Um, yeah. Same, so same. How, how often do you see them? At certain periods, I'll see them more often, but I've seen them for years though. Mm-hmm. And you always thought like, did you get your eyes checked? No, I didn't. I did. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, do I have glaucoma or whatever? You know, that little test that they do on you where you have to see all the flashing things. Um, I I just got my eyes checked and I told them I have, I see flashes of light and they looked through and said, nothing, we don't see anything here. You know, it's cool. You actually got it checked. Yeah. This is the second time I've gone to get it checked just to make sure, because I still have very logical other skeptical side. As much as I'm in this world, I still like, let me, let me question that. Let me, let me look at further data here. I do the same. Anytime I see something in the sky or see experience, I always like to just first make sure it's it, not to just jump to conclusions. Right. Right. Totally. Well, we're going to wrap up and go to Patreon because I would like to, um, you know, guys, if you want to be, become a Patreon member, you can go to patreon.com slash the lovely Aaliyah um, to get our after interviews. Uh, I want to talk a little bit deeper about some of your personal alien experiences. You said you had eight. Um, so I want to get a little bit deeper into that and, and, and put that for that audience here. But before we go, is, are there any lasting thoughts you'd like to leave this audience? That there's nothing to fear you know, call on your spirit team, send them an invitation, know that they're there with you. And it doesn't matter where you go in the world. They're always there. You always have support. Um, so just call on them and, and just know that they're going to work with you in the way that's best for you. 
For some people, it might be clear visuals and visions and dreams. For some people, it might not be right away. And it might just be more of just you, them helping you to develop your own inner trust within yourself and the own inner knowing. Uh, so just go with that and, and trust that process. Beautiful. Can you please tell people where to find you? Instagram is underscore soul underscore dreamers with an S. So underscore soul underscore dreamers. Uh, if you do have a cool dream experience that, that followed this and listening to this, um, so, you know, please do send me a message and share. Um, a website is soul-dreamers.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. We're going to head to Patreon. And guys, if you like this episode, as always, please share it with someone you love. And we will see you in the next one. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please share it with someone you love. And if you're interested in becoming a client for energy coaching or card readings, find me at thelovelyalia.com to read more about what I do and to book your own session. And don't forget to add me on the lovely Leah on Instagram for daily content and inspiration and hang out with me on Patreon. As always, thank you for listening.